Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Praise the Lord, everybody. Glory to God. I'll give God some praise. You'll feel better. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for your word. I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. Let your word shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please be seated if you can. Stand if you cannot. I, uh, you know, that's a real dangerous prayer. You know, I usually pray it almost every service. Let your word shape us, change us, and mold us. If you want to know how far you can go in the kingdom, I can tell you the answer. You can go as far as you are willing to change. Wherever you decide to stop changing is where you will stop. But everywhere that you will change, you can have another level in God. Everywhere you're willing to, to drop uh, um, an idiosyncrasy that is, is something you've just drug around, that's an area that you can, that you can enlarge. If you can't love people, you can bear, you, I mean, God just can't use you. I'm just going to tell you. So one of the first things you have to do is you've got to learn to love. And love does not mean accepting uh, every little thing in iota. You can disagree with somebody and still love them. But love is patient and kind. It's not envious. So if, if you say you love somebody but you're not kind to them, you are a liar. Well, I do love them. I do love No, 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 no. The Bible does not describe love as an emotion. The Bible des- describes love as the actions that you do. Kind, not envious, not boastful, not puffed up. The Bible says, for this is love, not that we loved him, but that he first loved us. So if somebody is, is, is saying that they're, they love you, but you're not first loving them, the biblical definition of love is not being followed after. One of the greatest things that could happen to the body of Christ is we got, is, is we become known for love. Thank you for your support. Praise God. (laughs) If the Bible actually says they will know that you are Christians by your love for one another. I mean, wouldn't that be something if you were just known for love? Everybody's known for something. Boy, they're known. They'll just tell you what's on their mind. I'll tell you what. They'll tell you. They won't be pushed around. What if you were just known for love? Doesn't mean you become, you know, don't lose your backbone. But what if you were just known for love? What if you were just known for for being kind, for being patient, for being, you know, long-suffering, gentle. How about that? Wouldn't that be interesting? If you were known for gentleness in a world that's known for coarseness, in a, in a world that promotes brashness and shock value, what if you just shocked the world with love? Can you say amen to that? Come on, give God one more hand of praise. Thank you, Haley. It's Sacred Sunday at New Heights, and, and, and it's Sacred Sunday. What we do is we commit to give towards growth. This year, 
We are rising up and building. We're, we're building a brand new facility that's going to facilitate 400% or four times more people than we have now. It's, it's going to be a beautiful, immaculate, uh, uh, building, but I want you to know, uh, the, the church building is exactly that. It's a building. Everybody just, just, just touch your neighbor on the shoulder just like this. That's the church. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that you and I are all members of the body of Christ. Uh, the Bible also says, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, it starts to talk about that and it says, well, if, if, if the eye complained about the, about being the eye, wouldn't that be weird? If, if your, if your ear complained about being the ear, wouldn't that be something? If your foot were to complain about being the foot, wouldn't that just be a challenge? You know, every one of us has a different part and role to play in the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, a part of the role that the body of Christ can actually play is you yourself can actually be a part of healing in another area of the body. As a matter of fact, you can get a paper cut on one hand. And the other hand can doctor that paper cut, can go get a Band-Aid, can go make sure that it doesn't happen again. In other words, one segment of the body ought to be helping another segment of the body. So when you and I rise up and build, when you and I give towards growth, it's not just that we need a place to sit on Sunday morning. It is the fact that we as members of the body of Christ, we want to be a part of giving somebody else the opportunity to experience the power of God in a way that can heal them, that can set them free, that can change their life and change every generation after them. But somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to decide, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And throughout this, this time, we, we really celebrate some of the great testimonies at our church. Uh, throughout the, the last several weeks, we celebrate some of the great victories that we've had. And maybe you've seen some of the videos of the widows and orphans uh, that we feed every every month. Maybe you've seen some of the uh, testimony videos of some of the people uh, right here at New Heights Church that have been uh, 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 blessed and their life has changed. Uh, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you've been changed. Matter of fact, just a show of hands. Who feels like God sent them to this church? Maybe not today, but you feel like God sent you to this church. Oh no, my wife didn't lift her hand. <laughs> I know God sent us here. He sent us to this town, you know, over nine years ago now. And, and we didn't know, literally, we didn't know one person in the county. And we just knew God was calling us to come over here and to love people and point them to Christ. But, but we feel like God has equipped us and positioned us and, and you yourself, you, you, you're, you're brought into a position and it's like God has just placed you in a, in a, in a place and, and there's a role to play and each one of us has that role to play as a different member of the body of Christ and particularly right now I'm talking to this local body, the new, the new heights church body and so we do a lot of things, and be honest with you, we try to do things in excellence. Let me give you an example. Do you love our worship team at all? We really work hard on that. We spend eight billion, million, kajillion dollars. That's what it feels like, I'll be honest with you. To make sure that we we have really good equipment to work with. That if somebody watches us, we have people watching uh, in, in, from from dozens of different countries. 
We want to make sure that they can hear the gospel and hear us worship and not just in a way that they have to go, oh, wow, they, they really tried. No, we want to be, we want to be in excellence. And uh, one of the first things the Lord told me whenever we started New Heights Church was he wanted me to do everything in excellence. And I don't know about you, but I'm from East Texas. So sometimes I need a little more explanation than others. So I asked the Lord, I said, you're going to have to give me a definition. And I felt like he spoke to me and said this. He said, uh, excellence, I want it to be, excellence, I want it to be your standard. And I said, okay, Lord, uh, again, East Texas, help me. And this is what he said. A standard is something you recognize when you miss it. A goal is something you recognize when you hit it. I want excellence to be the way it is around here. And when you're a little off, you recognize it. I don't want you to do one thing well. And if it's not the bullseye, you go, well, we got close. So the Lord has put a... uh, I don't want to call it a burden. It's more like an opportunity on this house to really try to shine in different areas. So one of the areas that we really try to uh, uh, put our, put things out in excellence is with our with our videos and whatnot. So maybe you saw some of our videos. Who saw at least one of our videos over the last several weeks? So we put them together. Usually we put some music to them, and, and we 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 they they edit them to make them just right, and the lights just right. But I'm going to show you a video here, and I'm going to have to narrate it. Because something different happened, and I, I want you to see not just not just the fact that uh, things can happen at this church. I want to show you a little bit about what does happen. Because I always say more ministry takes place by accident on the first touch team than happens on a Sunday morning. And we had a video. Matter of fact, there's a there's a brother that goes to this church. His name's Zeus. He's a good friend of mine. He actually cuts my hair. So if you need a super awesome haircut, praise the Lord. You need to look up Zeus. But I asked Zeus to come in. I said, brother, I said, I know you've had a challenging year, but God's been with you. He said, absolutely. He's had a challenging year. His wife went to heaven this year. It's been a significant scenario. That's a little baby named, named Heavenly who's just a doll. And, and I said, man, would you just come and, and, and kind of tell us a part of your story? Tell us what God's done in your life, even in this. Cause God's not just the God on the mountaintop. Come on, somebody. He's the God in the valley too. So go ahead and start that video. I'm going to narrate it because uh, we didn't want to cut this down and, and edit it too much because basically it's a, it's a setup where we bring in some other faithful members of the church. That's Ray and Annette Rios. Don't y'all love Ray and Annette? And I'm telling him, hey, we're about to bring somebody in here and I want you to talk. His brother Zeus is like, oh, it's Zeus. And it's just this powerful time that we're having. And Zeus is telling his story. And then all of a sudden, something shifts. The atmosphere gets thick. And I was outside the room. You can pause it right there for a second. I was outside the room and I couldn't stay outside the room anymore because when, when, if you got some of those Holy Spirit, uh, like, I don't know what you call them, that, that, that sensations just going off on the inside of you. I said, I don't know what they're talking about in there exactly, but I've got to go in there. And I opened the door and when I opened the door, the room just felt thick with his presence. I said, I don't want to interrupt, but I want to be a part of what God's doing in this moment. 
And I said, I said, maybe, maybe we'll just go to the Lord, play the video. Maybe we'll just go to the Lord for just a minute because if God wants to do something different today, we'll take our plan and we'll throw it out the window because we want to see God's plan come to pass more than we want to make sure that what we were planning comes to pass. So we're just having a conversation and all of a sudden it turns into, uh, I don't want to call it old fashioned, but it just rolls off the tongue, an old fashioned prayer meeting where literally we're just calling on the name of the Lord. We're thanking him for his goodness. I'm, I, all of a sudden things are changing in the room. Zeus is praying bold, powerful prayers over everybody. I open my eyes, pause it right there. And all our staff and all the volunteers that are in the background that have the cameras and the lights and everything, they're all shaking and quaking with their hands up. I hear people out, this is in our chapel, which is right out there. I hear people in the lobby just singing and praising the name of Jesus. The entire building, this is on a Tuesday night. I believe it was a Tuesday night. The entire building is just pulsating with the presence of God. Keep playing the video. Then we brought little Heavenly in. We had a moment where we just celebrated the goodness of God. But what was going to be a three to five minute video turned into a 30 or 45 minute time in his presence. So when you give towards growth, I want you to get a picture. You're, you're not just giving to a building. Because the church is not a building. Come on, tap your neighbor. That's the church. Come on, tap yourself. That's the church. So when you and I commit at a high level to give towards growth and to play our part as a member of the body of Christ and specifically a member of the local body of Christ, we have the opportunity to see lives change and to see encounters happen just like this. I've heard it said before, well, you can encounter God anywhere. You can encounter God at the grocery store. Well, last time I checked, Kroger wasn't built thinking about the presence of God. Can you? Sure. Should we? Yes. But I'm talking about building a place for God. I'm talking about building a place for God's people. Open your Bible, if you could, quickly to 1 Chronicles chapter number 29. 1 Chronicles chapter number 29. This is where David's talking about building the temple and the fact that his son Solomon's going to do it. Matter of fact, the reason Solomon's going to build the temple is because David had too much blood on his hands. David said, I want to build the temples. God said, I'll bet you do. He said, he said, your son's going to build the temple. He said, you, you've just had, you've, you, you've, too much war has been in your hands. Now, listen. War was necessary. But we got to get a revelation that we serve a God that is a generational God. If you can look at your children and realize the, the highest calling you have is to make sure you set them up to fulfill their calling. Then they do the same thing for theirs. The Bible says that David wanted to build the temple. God says, you can't build the temple. But he did say this. He said, you can't build it. He said, but you can pay for it. Many times we look at situations and we say, well, I wish I could do that. And the Bible says in Philippians, whenever you partner with a ministry, when you tithe and offer to the house of God, you become a participant of every single grace that's on that house. First Chronicles 29, furthermore, David the king, verse one, said unto the congregation, Solomon, my son, 
whom alone God has chosen, is young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Isn't that fun to think about? To build something for God. Now clearly, the Bible says you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God lives on the inside of us. But we need a place where we can invite our friends and our family and that our grandkids can go. We need a place that when somebody drives past Texas A&M University and gets over there towards traditions, they go, who is that? And then they Google it and look it up. You might not have to Google in 10 years. You might just drive by and there might be some hologram that's following you for all I know. But we need them to know that God's people are here. Why? So that when they need a place where they can be rescued, when they need a place where they can be freed from the bonds and the bondage of drugs and alcohol, where they can have their marriage restored, their family put back together. The Bible says we're going to build a palace, not for man, but we're going to build it for the Lord. Verse 2, he says, now I have prepared with all my might. Somebody say all my might. I don't know what it is about society, but it seems like when you're a kid, everybody's encouraging you to do your best. Then you become an adult and everybody just tells you to calm down, sit down and shut up. I had football coaches that made me think I was Dick Butkus. I had football coaches that made me think I could run through a wall. I found out otherwise. It was not a wall like a normal wall. The wall that I ran into whose name was Roscoe Hadnot. I hit him and I was not convinced he was not bolted to the ground. Why is it that when we're young and we're children, that everybody's telling us to do our best, but then when we become adults, it's like neutral is the easiest thing to live in. King David said, with all my might. See, I don't want to do other things with all my might. I want to, I want to be the best husband I can be with all my might. I want to be the best daddy I can be with all my might. I want to be a, a man of God, the type of man of God that he's called me to be with all my might. I want to celebrate the Astros, but I don't want them to have all my might. I want to, I want to, uh, I don't know about you, maybe you don't like it. I like the UFC. I, I want to watch a fight, but not with all my might. I don't want to, I don't want to go chasing, you know, deer because I want to put their horns on my wall, which I like to do with all my might. The sacred things belong to God and the sacred levels of commitment ought to belong to God and the things that he cares about. I don't, I don't want to be known for all these other things. I want to be known for honoring God. David said, with all my might, I have prepared for the house of my God. Somebody say, my God. I prepared the gold for the things of gold, silver for silver. And he begins to name off all the things that he prepared. He said, all my might. But what I love is the shift that happens. In verse 1, he says, we're not making a palace for man. We're making a palace for the Lord. And then he says, and I prepared with all my might. But then he says something powerful. And if you read it too fast, you can miss it. He said, for the house of my God. Yeah, this is a palace for the Lord, but he's not just the Lord. He's also my God. 
I'm not, I'm not bouncing through life here. This is my God that changed me. I'm not what I used to be. You see the version of me that I am today, but you don't see the version of me that he found. I'm talking about my God. You see the Bathsheba moment, David said, but you don't see the moment that I remember whenever a prophet came to my daddy's house and I wasn't even invited to the party. And he says, I'm not pouring any oil on these other boys. There's got to be one more. And he met me with the sheep and he poured that oil on my head. And I knew from that moment on, I was anointed by God. That's my God's house. That's the God that whispered in my ear and said, you ought to kill that giant. And as a teenage boy, I tromped into a valley where men shook and quivered and cut the head off of the one who was threatening an entire nation. That's my God. This is not just a palace for the God. He's my God. So I'm not, I'm not giving a little bit. I'm not giving a little bit of my life. He said, with all my, with all my might, I've prepared for this. Verse three. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good gold, silver, which I've given in the house of God over and above all that I have prepared. For the holy house. He said we're not just building a palace for men. We're building a palace for God. He's not just the God. He's my God. Can I say it differently? David took it personal. Sooner or later... You've got to take something personal or you never will. Who in here again says you feel like God has called you to this place? You know, the word coincidence is not in the Bible. When I've heard, I don't, I don't know, I don't know it for sure. And the, the, the concept of coincidence, though we don't really see it scripturally, I've heard it's not even in the Hebrew language. I'm not fluent in Hebrew. Matter of fact, I'll eat bacon on nearly anything. (laughs) But if he called us here, maybe it's the situation where we can be like David and we can make it just as personal as he does he said he set his affection that means he firmly fixed his affection on the house of god i've been alive for a little over 21 years (laughs) i've had plenty of encounters with god one of the most memorable encounters of my life happened on the top of a mountain and outside of creed colorado about 12,000 feet, 20 or 30 men. I administered Holy Communion to those men. And to a man, everyone wept like a child for over an hour while the presence of God just seemed to fill the top of the mountain. But I've never had more encounters with God on a mountain than I did in his house. Because... When I come to his house, I know he's moved there before. 
And if he's moved there before, he'll move there again. So I set, I recalibrate, I refocus, I relock in my affection consistently on the house, not just of the God. I set my affection. Try to move me from the house of God and you'll find feet hammered to the ground. I'm not moving from his house. His house is where freedom floods my body over and over and over. His house is where people weep and cry cry out his name. His house is where things change. His house is where every light bulb, every stitch of carpet and the chair you're sitting in has that ulterior and ulterior motive. The motive is this, that you would experience the glory of Almighty God. His house is where we gather. His house is where we come when we're going through a valley season to reaffirm our commitment to the things of God even in the middle of something we don't understand. His house is where we come when we're on the mountaintop and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt we're living in blessings that we don't deserve. His house is the place where we come. His house is the place where when the hurting and the lost and the dying come to us and say, I don't know what to do, you say, let me take you to this place. Let me bring you to this 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 palace not for men. This palace for God. Let me bring you to his house. David looked and he said, I want to build a palace for God. But he's not just the God. He's my God. It became personal. He said, with all my might, I don't want to halfway do it. I don't want to get to heaven and say, well, I was really passionate about four-wheel drive trucks. And I loved God. I don't want to get to heaven and say, I was so passionate about golf. And I loved God. This is dangerous to say in a town like this. I don't want to get to heaven and say, I was so passionate about a school or a university. And I was this passionate about God. There has to be a balance and attention that is upright in the eyes of God. And David said, with all my might, I have prepared to give towards the building of the house of my God. So when we go through this process of seeking God and building up the sacred Sunday and the time to give towards growth, there's really only one thing left to do. David makes a strong statement whenever he's talking to Solomon about building the house. Effectively, I can hear the father's voice. I can hear the father's tone in David's voice when he says this. You can find it in 1 Chronicles 28, somewhere around verse 10. When he's talking to him about building the house, he says, be strong and do it. So many people have such great intentions. They say, when I have this, then I'll do this. When this happens, I'll do this. Let me just tell you, all you did was tell the devil he could move the goalpost. 
When I have this, I'll just do this. When I have this, I'll just do this. Oh, they ought to be able to do that because they have blank, blank, blank. No, 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 no. God's not measuring you with me or me with you. God's looking at you, baby. So when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to setting your affection on the house of God, when it comes to preparing with all your might, when it comes to building a palace, not for men, but for God, I hear the same words echo on the inside of me. Be strong and do it. Nike has built an entire movement around three words. Just do it. Isn't it interesting how many times something successful we can find its roots in the Bible? They try to act like they came up with something. Be strong. Somebody say, be strong. Not in your own right. Strong in the Lord. And the power of his might. Somebody say, do it. Whatever he says. When Jesus came, he was at a wedding. And his mom came and said, Jesus, I had a wine. And he says, Mom, I don't want to start this because people are going to be arguing about alcohol 2,000 years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love Christian humor. Jesus says to his mom, he says, it's not my time yet. She turned around and looked at the servants who Jesus was about to speak to because your mother can get you to do something even if you don't really want to. And she says to them, she says, whatever he says, do it. I hear the Lord saying the same thing today. Whatever he says, do it. We've been praying. We've been believing God for these two areas of commitment. A large launch offering to kick this thing into high gear. The, the, the ship has left the dock when it comes to building our building. We're not, we're not even almost turning back now. But that breakthrough seed helps us move the thing forward because we still need several million. There's nothing to God. A couple gold bricks from heaven's highway. And secondly, our 12-month commitment over and above our regular tithes and offerings for the next 12 months. Many of you, last year, you made these similar commitment with us. And now you're living in the harvest of that commitment. The way you go to the next level of glory is you stretch yourself again. This is how it works. Last year, I was very thankful. It was the first time my wife and I were able to give uh, over six figures in one day. I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling you that to impress upon you. We did even more than that this year. It's just the way of it. It's, it's, it's a scenario of, of seed. Come on, somebody. Time and harvest. And then you stay committed. And so for me, uh, one of the things I found out, matter of fact, I told Jake about it about October this year. I said, Jake, we've already blown past our 12-month commitment, which was over another six figures, which was more than another six figures. He goes, what? I said, but I'm not stopping. I said, now I'm addicted. Now I'm addicted. God's just opening the windows of heaven at a higher level over my life. Now I've been a tither. I've been a faithful tither and offer since I was 12 years old when I started. 
And anybody that knows me knows the anointing for increase is on my life and on this ministry. In every different way, in every shape you could ever imagine. But we're believing God in Jesus' name that this 12-month commitment takes us to even new levels. So the next year when I'm up here talking about giving towards growth again, that all of us are going to be doing even more than we were able to do then. He said, well, when will we stop? I guess when Jesus comes back. We're going to cross 10 years uh, uh, next fall, our church, 10 years. The Lord's already told me after 10 years, we can go start taking other cities. He told me, build a foundation. I said, I'll do it. Praise the Lord. After 10 years, we're going to start moving on. We're going to start not, not moving on from here, but we're going to start going and taking other cities. You think we've been raising up these ministers through the children's ministry and the youth for nothing? These are, these are Holy Spirit filled, uh, 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 I want to use the word monsters, but somebody might misinterpret it. So I'll say it like this. Holy Spirit filled monsters. I'm talking about you drop them off anywhere. I want all three of my children. You can kick them out of a helicopter anywhere. I said, go win that city in Jesus name. We'll be back. Go win that city in the name of Jesus. So when we, when we're uh, coming in here talking about uh, other states and other nations and all these things, don't be shocked when the paint's not even dry and we're breaking ground on another property. Just the will of God to expand. Somebody say expand. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to pray here in just a minute. But the logistics of this, the ushers are going to help navigate uh, uh, the movement of this. There's two containers at the front. The first one is where you place your commitment card. Your commitment card is, is that correct? They're your commitment card. That's where you just fill it out and, and, and let us know what your breakthrough seat is and what your commitment is. And that way we can kind of know where we're at in the process of all this building and everything going on. Everybody understand that? Praise the Lord. The next container is where your actual breakthrough offering goes. So here's what I'm asking you to do. As a family, we're asking you to come to each container and just take a second. Maybe not too long, but just take a second and believe God as you cast in, as you, as you put what, what you've worked for, what you've traded your time, talents, and, 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 and effort for, that, that God would bless it back to you, but that God would also use it to increase His kingdom. So the first container is for your 12-month commitment card. The next container is for uh, your breakthrough seat, if you just set it in there. And there's a lot of people in here, and it takes a few minutes to do this, but that's okay. I'm going to ask that even if you're a kingdom builder like me, and you already sowed on Friday night, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and take the lap with us, just so nobody's you know, trying to crawl over you in the seat. Just take the lap, you know, stop for a second. Uh, uh, you know, believe God for what you threw in. My wife and I, we're going to be giving with our children today. Our children are going to be sowing their seed today. So, uh, maybe that's what, maybe that's part of what you're doing as a kingdom builder. Maybe you gave on Friday night and now your, your kids or, 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 uh, maybe you're bringing your kids through whatever, but just, uh, be a part of the flow for the sake of ease of logistics. Does that make sense? Somebody say amen if that makes sense. I feel like now I'm like a tour guide. Secondly, uh, if you, uh, like others have done, have sown uh, stocks or securities, if you have, if you have, um, if you have a, a broker, you know that sometimes it's a lot more beneficial to you or your family to actually transfer those securities than it would be for you to sell those securities and then give. If you have not done that, but you are doing that, go ahead and fill that out as your breakthrough and just notate that that's happening. 
Um, if you're, if you've already done that same thing, just fill it out and notate that that's happening. Kingdom builders, no need to write it again. Uh, if, if that's, if that's, uh, part of what you're doing. And then last part of just kind of logistics, and then we're going to get going is if you're giving cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrency that we're getting, the cryptocurrency, uh, uh, company that we're working with, we're looking at two of them right now. One of them works with everybody all the way up to the American Cancer Society. Another one, uh, works with the Salvation Army. And we're just getting all of our ducks in a row there because clearly that's new ground. But what we found out is a lot of people have crypto, same thing as stocks and securities. It would create an event for you if you sold those and then gave that money and you could actually transfer those to the church and then the church can liquidate them or, or whatever. So it, it makes it very easy. But that will be available uh, hopefully by the end of this week, but definitely by the end of the year. So if you're planning on doing that with crypto, just uh, write that on your cards or your envelopes as well. Can you say amen to that? Now I'm going to pray and then I'm just going to take, we're going to take just another 30 seconds or so. And I'm going to ask you to pray with your spouse or your family. And then Pastor Crystal and I and my kids are going to go first and we'll come through. And we're going to let our kids sow theirs and we're going to believe God for what we've sown. And then as soon as that starts, then uh, the ushers are going to help direct us. And this will take just a few minutes. So uh, again, believe God, but at the same time, uh, just Let's, let's, man, I feel his presence. See, it's a holy thing when you do this because it doesn't represent your money. It represents what it took for you to get it. And it's very special to God. Father, as we prepare today, as we prepare to give, thank you for speaking to each one of us. Thank you for speaking to us about those two areas of commitment. I thank you for increasing every person that sows. I thank you for helping us in Jesus' name to rise up and build. Thank you, Lord God, that many are stretching themselves. Thank you, Lord God, that we're in the harvest of what we've sown. Thank you, Lord God, that you've enabled us, that all the gold and silver is yours anyway, the cattle on a thousand hills. So we're returning to you. Thank you for speaking to each one of us. In the name of Jesus, I just take a moment and pray with your spouse or your family before we give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.